Welcome to another episode of the Luxury Weekly. I summarize for you the 10 most important news in the luxury industry for the week of February 25, 2021. Don't forget that you can skip through the news using the chapter section of your podcast player. 1. Alexander McQueen partners with Vestiaire Collective in an effort to encourage the circular economy. The British label becomes the first brand to join Vestiaire's program called Brand Approved, which gives brands some control over what is bought and sold on the platform. So how does it work? McQueen's sales team will contact some of their clients, offering to buy back some products against a coupon to be used in McQueen's stores after careful review and authentication. These second-hand pieces will then be listed for sale on Vestiaire under the brand-approved section and will be given an authentication tag. This is another example of the push towards sustainability and prolonging fashion products' lifetime. From Alexander McQueen to Dior or even Louis Vuitton, more and more designers are actually implementing circular practices in their studio by reusing unused or unsold garments and fabrics from older collections. 2. Vacheron Constantin is the latest Richmond brand to accept trade-ins at their boutiques after Panerai initiated this new service a few weeks ago. How does it work? Vacheron partners with the second-hand marketplace Watchfinders, which is also owned by Richmond. Clients can bring in their watches for an estimate. If they agree on the price, Watchfinders will conduct an inspection and buy back the watch. The client will then receive a coupon for that amount to be redeemed against the purchase of a brand new Vacheron watch. What's really interesting here is that Watchfinders will buy back pre-owned watches of other brands than Vacheron. So far, clients can bring in their Rolex, Cartier, Haute-Mar Piguet, IWC or Jaeger LeCoultre. I really love seeing such creativity, which would have been impossible to think of a few years ago. A couple of news stories coming from VF Corps. First of all, they announced a 493 million euro commitment to 13 sustainability projects. Why such a specific amount? Well, it's the money that they raised from issuing a green bond last year. All the projects will revolve around three key targets, sustainable products and materials, sustainable operations and supply chain, and natural carbon sinks. Then there was another news coming from one of VF's portfolio companies, which include, as a reminder, Supreme, Vance, The North Face, and also Timberland. Vance launched a new live stream channel, which will broadcast weekdays from New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Mexico City. Don't think of video shopping, but rather think about a digital TV channel with various programs. Audiences around the world are able to connect and watch. The program is called Channel 66, and it offers live audio and video broadcasting featuring DJ sets, talk shows with pro skateboarders, workshops, live musical performances, sports coverage, fashion news, and also community relationships. Channel 66 gives airtime opportunities to local skate shops, restaurants, music venues, shops, and independent record labels to build stronger community relations. 4. Farfetched made a couple of announcements this week. First of all, it's launching a new aftercare service called Farfetched Fix, which aims at extending product lives by restoring them. To do so, Farfetch partnered with the British company The Restory, which will handle all aftercare services for Farfetch clients through their UK-based artisans. Then, Farfetch announced a partnership with Wishy, a startup offering personalized styling recommendations powered by both AI and human professional stylists. Wishy was launched in 2018 by superstar stylist Carla Welsh, who vets and trains the stylists. 
In their own words, it's another example of technology being at the service of customer experience. Five, let's talk about finance for a little bit. First of all, The Honest Company, which was co-founded by actress Jessica Alba, has filed confidentially for an IPO. The company is seeking a $2 billion valuation. Then, you probably read the news that LVMH became the largest company on the European stock market. With a valuation of 271 billion euro, it surpasses Nestlé, which used to hold the number one spot. Finally, for the first time, Fast Retailing, the owner of Uniqlo, became the largest company in the clothing industry, overtaking Inditex, which owns Zara. Fast Retailing reached a valuation of the equivalent of 85 billion euros, even though sales-wise, it ranks third at 15.6 billion euro, behind Inditex, 28.2 billion, and H&M, 18.5 billion euros. Six. Valentino reported a 28% decline for the year 2020. Sales dropped below the billion euro symbolic level to reach 882 million euros, significantly down compared to the 1.2 billion euros it reached in 2019. Positive results came from China, which grew 44% year-on-year. And guess what? Online sales, which grew by 62% in all digital channels, including direct-to-consumer and multi-brand platforms. The brand's virtual boutique saw its sales rise by 77%. In a statement, Valentino said that initiatives started during the pandemic helped limit the effect of store closures and travel restrictions. Such initiatives include reaching out to its community using diverse content including advice, games, performances and digital projects as well as omnichannel integration and the introduction of clienteling and remote sales strategies. 7. Hermes reported solid results for the full year 2020 with 6.4 billion euros in sales, which is only a 6% decline versus 2019. The luxury maison returned to growth in the second half of 2020 and accelerated in the fourth quarter with a 16% increase versus 2019. In terms of channels, retail store sales were down only 2% in 2020, whereas wholesale declined by 32%, mainly due to the impact of COVID-19 on travel retail. Despite store closures throughout the year, Hermes still carried out their plans for new store openings or renovations and expansion projects. In terms of regions, Asia led the way with a 14% increase for the full year and a 47% increase in that last quarter. China obviously overperformed, but other countries like Korea and Australia also posted strong results. Japan declined by only 4% for the full year, with business being driven by online sales and the strong demand from loyal local clientele. The Americas declined by 21%, but posted a small positive growth in the fourth quarter, showing it's on the path to recovery. France declined by 29%, and Europe, without France, by 20% plagued by store closures and restrictions throughout the year and still during the fourth quarter, the zone suffered and the strong performance of online sales wasn't enough to compensate. One amazing fact, Hermes' workforce grew in 2020 as the group added 1,183 positions. They employ 16,600 people around the world and almost 10,400 in France alone. Hermès maintained the jobs and salaries of their employees throughout the pandemic and didn't resort to government help. Each employee will receive a bonus of €1,250 in 2021 to thank them for their resilience during the pandemic. This, my friend, is amazing and the sign of a strong company culture. Of course, they have the financial range to do that, but how many companies sitting on tons of cash 
cut through their workforce to preserve their financials. 8. Kering published their 2020 results and sales declined by close to 18% to reach almost 12.7 billion euros. If we slice the year, sales during the first half dropped by 30%, but then declined by only 3% in the second half. Looking at channels, retail comp sales declined by 16%, but were down by only 1.5% in the second half. E-commerce sales increased by 67%. The wholesale network was down by 17%. Looking at individual brands, Gucci posted 7.4 billion euros in revenues, which is a decline by almost 23%. E-com sales at Gucci increased by 70%, while retail declined by 19% and wholesale by 30%. At YSL, revenue was 1.4 billion euros and declined by 15%. At Bottega, interestingly enough, revenue reached 1.2 billion euros and was up by almost 4%. 9. Montclair published their fourth quarter results and beat estimates by reaching 675 million euros in sales or an 8% increase, whereas analysts expected only a 1% growth. Sales rose by 26% in Asia and 5% in the Americas, compensating for a 13% decline in Europe, excluding Italy, where revenues fell by 34%. Online sales also boomed and in 2020 accounted for 15% of total revenues. For the full year 2020, sales reached 1.45 billion euros and net profits reached 300 million euros, which largely surpassed analysts' consensus. 10. Japanese beauty group Shiseido posted a net loss for 2020 for the first time since 2013. Losses amounted to $110 million. Sales declined by almost 19% to reach $8.8 billion. The group was severely impacted by the pandemic, with a loss of foreign visitors to Japan as well as poor results in Europe and the US. This follows a major decision made by the group a few weeks ago to sell the low-cost personal care side of their business to CVC Capital Partners for $1.5 billion. This will allow Shiseido to focus on their cosmetic divisions and prestige skincare. They expect to come back to profitability in 2021 and will put a stronger emphasis on skincare as well as online advertising. Before we finish the week, I just wanted to add to last week's news that Rihanna's lingerie line Savage Fenty raised $115 million in the form of a Series B led by El Caterton. The interesting part is that it values the company at $1 billion. It's a massive accomplishment and it should not be overshadowed by the announcement that LVMH and Rihanna were stopping their fashion venture. That's it for this week. Don't forget that you can access the transcript of this episode on the website, theluxuryweekly.com. Stay tuned and see you next week.